Welcome, everyone, to Do We Like Murder? This is a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. I wanted to do a creepy one. Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) That that didn't come out right. It was good. It was good. You can use that somewhere if you want. I don't care. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Do We Like Murder? This is a production of the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas, a segment of the Long Overdue Podcast. I am Chris, and I am here with Denise Hi. and Dawn, Hello. our regular true crime commentators, and they are here today with another set of, well, their books, their, their books featuring murder. Can you call them murderous books? I don't know. The books themselves are not murderous. No, no they're not. At least not that I can tell. Uh, <laughs> the content, maybe. The con- with mur- books filled with murderous content. There you go. Another riveting episode <laughs> of yes. books filled with murderous yes, content. Yes, okay. I'm, I'm, work- I'm working on this. <laughs> you're, you're wor- yes, <laughs> I know. You're I'm, <laughs> I'm working on this. I'm wondering how much longer I'm, this I'm is going to take. I'm, I'm done. Y'all, can, y'all pro- proceed. What what books did you... Let's get to the meat of this yes. conversation. The meat of this. Like somebody stabbing, stab with... Yeah. Okay. Y'all, y'all, y'all go before I say anything else. Before you okay? continue? Yeah. yeah. So, I read this time uh, Lying in Wait and Other True Cases, and of course by Anne Rule. I didn't mean to pick one of her books this time, but um, one of the reasons I chose this book was um, it had multiple stories in it. And I only read one. Um, And it's also a large print edition. Oh. So, it was a little quicker to read, I Mm -hmm. think. I don't know. It was still kind of hard to read because the whole reading was messed up with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a hard time reading large print books. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like, why it's so difficult for my brain to. It it almost seemed like even though it's larger, there was, I don't know if it has to do with the the spacing mm-hmm. and the, the margins that there's less. Yeah. Space. Somebody made a comment to me that it may be that your eye is used to dropping down a certain mm-hmm. distance. Mm-hmm. So anyway. Maybe if we took our glasses off. <laughs> right? <laughs> it'd be a different and struggle. And I got a really long yeah, arm. Yeah, it'd be a different struggle. <laughs> really, right. Squinting. <laughs> so. All right. So what did you read? I read Better Off Dead. A sordid true story of sex, sin, and murder by Michael Fleeman. Michael Fleeman is known for a lot of like his commentary and presence in things like um, Dateline and Forensic Files, like that kind of thing. Okay. So when you watch the murder shows, yeah, there's a good chance that you've seen Michael Fleeman. Okay. If I show you his picture, you'll probably be like, that guy? Uh, I don't know. He doesn't look familiar. I'd probably uh, recognize his voice. Yeah. Like, if you're... I know I've definitely seen 
some Dateline and some Brisbane files where I'm like, oh, that guy. Yeah. All right. Do you want me to go first or do yeah. you want to? Okay. So my story was actually called, hold on, let me get it. The Baby Seller. Oh. Right? Like someone that sells babies or a seller, like a root seller where there's babies in it. Oh, seller, <laughs> like somebody who sells babies. Okay. S-E-L-L-E-R. I had never thought about that because I was looking at the word. <laughs> right. And you just hearing it, that's... Yeah, so I'm like, what are, we, what are we talking about here? It could be a completely <laughs> different book. Right. Which, which horrible <laughs> thing are we talking about? Right. The interesting thing is, is that there wasn't a, really any baby selling that I noticed in here. Hmm. There were attempts. So this book um, starts out with um, Geneva Clemens. And she's at home with her five-year-old daughter and her infant baby that is weeks old. Not very old at all. Yeah. And she had been at the store earlier that day, and somebody had approached her, this woman had approached her, about being in um, a photography contest because her baby was so pretty or handsome or, I mean, just... Yes, and like this baby needs like to be in pictures. Gerber baby. Yes, and she was, of course, so super excited about that. But um, anyway, she's like, I don't know, takes the information or whatever, mm-hmm. and she goes home. And um, the lady stops by in the afternoon, but she had company. Her um, sister and brother or in-laws mm-hmm. were there, and... Um, sorry, (laughs) so much goes through my head. Um, so she left, she said, I'll come back another time to take these pictures or whatever. So later that night at like eight o'clock at night, Hmm. she comes back. Her, um, Geneva's husband is not home yet. And uh, that is just so freaky for somebody to be coming red flag. Hello, late at night to want to take your baby's picture. You met them at the grocery store. Uh Uh-huh. They show up at your house, then they show up at your house again. Yes. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Nope. Not good. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Three red flags right in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of understand the one at the store. Right. Because, you know, you're scouting oh, yeah. around, you that's see a, a baby. That's a cute baby. Here's yeah. my info. Let's enter this contest. But that's it. Here's my info. Uh-huh. <laughs> or maybe I'll call you back once or twice, but I'm not going to come to your house for heaven's sake. I was like, how did she know where she lived? Did she tell her? She No, she was followed. Oh, see? I think. <laughs> because I would have been like, how do you know where I live? Right. <laughs> and then get off my property. Right. <laughs> exactly. So this is in Athens, Georgia in the early 80s. I believe it is. So... Lady comes back, her and um, Geneva, her daughter and son are watching TV and this lady comes in and she brings her daughter. And so it's about the same age as um, Geneva's daughter. And um, so she's feeling a little bit safer and she's like, just come outside with me and we'll take a few pictures and, and all that. And so they get outside and she's trying to line them up next to a tree, kind of to take a family picture or something. Mm-hmm. And um, the daughter of this photographer 
um, goes and picks up the baby and the lady says something to her, whispers something, and she runs to the car and puts the baby in the car and jumps in after her. And then um, the lady goes to get something out of the car and she's got a gun. And so she turns and she shoots the mother. Oh, wow. And kills her oh, in front of her daughter. Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just horrible. Um, and takes the baby. So the little girl is just freaking out. She mm-hmm. runs over to her um, other family members that are, are close by and tells them what happened. And, of course, they come over and, and discover everything. And mm-hmm. it's it's horrible. So baby's gone. Husband is beside himself because mm-hmm. love of his life. And he's now lost her. And mm-hmm. so he's really, he struggles. But... They don't know exactly what happened, but later that night, um, this gentleman is driving home and happens to see something in the ditch and thinks it's his cats that have not come home yet. So he goes and parks his car and tells his wife, uh, he goes to get a flashlight and says, I'm going to go out there. And um, I think I found the cats. And he goes out and it's the baby. (gasps) Yeah. And so the baby, I mean, if it had been much longer, would have died because it was out there exposed um, in the ditch. Mm. So he basically saved the baby, um, mm. which is amazing. Um, but they don't find her killer. Over five years goes by. Wow. Well, in Texas, Houston area, actually, another lady is approached by somebody wanting to take their baby's photograph. Hmm. And will you come with me? Um, You've won a shopping spree, and we're going to drive to Houston. Um, And it's a a long trip, and I don't remember exactly where they were. I know, right? Come Come with me. me. We're going to drive to Houston. Yes, and we're going to take you on this shopping spree, right? I, I don't know. Were we that much more trusting in the 80s? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, I don't think I've ever trusted anybody ever. Right? <laughs> Especially like this. I, was, I think even as a child, someone would be like, come with me. I'm like, nope. nope. <laughs> well, you know, I think maybe we've heard so many stories about these because they happened in the 80s <laughs> that I'm like, no, I know better. You know, you watch it on the news. Okay, so she goes with them, and obviously she's realizing as she's going that this they're not bad. going for yeah, <laughs> yeah. not going for a shopping spree. Oh. Anyway, they, so they get to Houston and they check into this hotel room, and um, I forgot to mention that when they drove away from the house with um, after shooting Geneva, there was a guy in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's the one who who drove. Well, he was with them this next time too Mm -hmm. so they all check into this hotel and um basically the purpose is to take the baby and and sell it Mm -hmm. the reason that they did not do that with geneva's baby i think is that when um they got the baby and unwrapped him he had a club foot and i think they realized he was they weren't going to be able to sell him and Mm -hmm. so they just put him in a ditch 
instead of trying to call authorities and say, hey, you can find the baby here or something, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Anyway. At a time when there's pay phones. That, like, Untrackable. <laughs> yeah. 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 Just, yeah. Yeah. So, but you said that this person realized part of the way there that this is not a shopping spree. Yes. Okay. But they still checked into the hotel and everything? Um, I don't know if she was under gunpoint at this point. Okay. I don't know if she was in control of her baby at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not exactly sure what what happened in that case. Of course, our first thought would be like, well, let's secretly text 911, but this is not... This is the 80s, This is Chris. the 80s. They didn't have yep. that. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No. no cell phones. So they're in the room, and they basically coerce her to write a suicide note and to take a bunch of pills. And she, they believe that she did that to save her baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what family said, that she would have done anything to save her baby. Well, so she dies in the hotel room, the mother does, mm-hmm. after taking all these pills. And they figured she was going to die by writing a suicide note. But some people were saying, oh, sh-, or they said, we didn't think she would die. And they panicked. I said, I, I don't know what's going on with that. You made her write a suicide note for yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> we didn't think she was going to die. Exactly. So they thought that they were putting her to sleep is what they said. So what they did after that is they took the baby downstairs, put it in a cab, gave money to the cab driver and said, take this baby to this where the dad was. Yeah, the dad was, yeah. Like, she knows where the dad works, too. I mean, this is just craziness. Um, and she's like, no, you take it. And he's like, I can't take a baby, you know, by itself. And she's like, well, okay, I've got to go get something. I'll be right back. Well, she walks in the hotel right out the back door. So the cabbie goes in to ask about, uh, about her mm-hmm. and what room she's in. And they're like, she's not. Uh, checked in here that Mm -hmm. woman who just walked through um, she just walked in and walked right out never seen her before (laughs) so we don't know who the room name was Uh under and that kind of stuff yeah probably a fake name yeah so the cabbie's like well I guess I'm just gonna follow this direction I guess I have to take this baby to this address yeah (laughs) so he does and you know takes it to the dad and uh, thankfully you know she lived um so why didn't they keep this baby? I don't know. Huh? We, we, it's just very odd. Yeah. That they, these two, I mean, uh, you know, the first one, there's like a, maybe a reason. But the second one, it's like, what? Yeah. So um, huh. there's a couple other instances that are mentioned that she's gone into hospitals and she walked out with a baby. And I guess that was very prevalent in the 80s because mm-hmm. there was no double checking. Mm-hmm. Um you know, now they double check all the time that wristband, mm-hmm. uh, your date of birth and matching it to the baby and all that stuff. Um, but, yeah, they could just walk out with babies. Yeah. That's so sad. Anyway, um, so they moved to or actually were living in Washington this photographer lady in Washington, Yakima area, I guess. And her name is Jackie. I don't know how to pronounce her last name. S-C-H-U-T. Is it shut? Shoots? There's no E. There's no E at the end. Okay. (laughs) Anyway. Sorry. 
I don't know how to pronounce he it. He said so. S-C-H-U-T. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> Shoot. Is it a, a long U uh, or is it a short U? I mean, it could be shut. shut. Yeah, shut. It's one of those things. Like shut Probably. the door. Yeah. <laughs> Except for it's spelled different. I don't know. Um, okay, so the Cheryl Jones was the second one who was killed in Houston uh, mm-hmm. in the hotel. And um, then Geneva was the first one. Uh, so they moved to um, Washington, or th- actually, it comes out that that's where they were living anyway. They had just taken a road trip down down mm-hmm. there, and it comes out that it was her boyfriend's um, or husband. I'm not sure uh, where his family was from, and so they were down there, and they just decided to steal a baby while they yeah. were there, make a little trip out of it. Yeah. Um. So, in Yakima. They are friends with this dude who basically has a shed out back behind his um, auto parts store. Mm-hmm. And he has girls, girls, young girls, dance for men. Hmm. It's disgusting. Yeah. And that's how they get caught. Because... By having an underage... Shed strip club. Yep. Something happens with that, and uh, they start uh, investigating, and um, they're able to take Jackie's daughter. Um, her and her younger sister were in school, and they mm-hmm. just went and got her out of school and took her took them into hiding, and that's how they got out of it. And I think she was eleven at the time. Mm. Um, yeah, there were. And they were making her dance for these people. Yes, Ugh. and she'd been doing it. Creepy, mm-hmm. right? Um, oh, it's just crazy. And and they were very graphic in some of the things that they said um, that the mother Jackie had mm-hmm. done to her, and she was not a loving mother. Um, she was basically encouraged this pornography and mm-hmm. and all this stuff that was going on um and um yeah I, I there's just this one thing that's going through my mind which it, it was just totally disgusting and and they basically did a, a a medical exam of her and told her that she would never have children um but she has so as an adult she was um able to have children so thankfully um, that worked out um anyway so they think that they have her uh and in washington um they're trying to charge her with the pornography stuff and then um somebody tells them that she confessed to some random hitchhiker and um so and this is the guy who owns the shop mm-hmm. and he's like she confessed to me that this random hitchhiker we picked up when we were we were driving to drop stuff at one time um that she had um killed somebody killed a baby or something like that maybe not the baby she killed somebody mm-hmm. and um and told him the details and so the hitchhiker goes over to him and says okay this is what she just told me mm-hmm. and um so the police call Florida and sure enough it matches up with something that's going on. And so they end up sending her back to Georgia 
to face charges. And um, she was finally convicted and got a life sentence only for Geneva's um, killing because there was not enough proof for Cheryl Jones. Mm -hmm. So um, she has come up for parole several times and uh, the daughters both go and the the husband um to make sure that they're saying their piece about it Mm -hmm. and they've been able to keep her in jail um 2017 was the last time she was on parole all right she went up for parole yeah. yeah um so i have pictures I know you don't want to hear about that. <laughs> this is um, Tracy Clemens. So Geneva's daughter. She was the one who saw her mom murdered. And um, the younger brother, his name was James, but he doesn't want to have anything to do. He's just trying to put it behind him. He mm-hmm. doesn't. He, I mean, he was weeks old. Um, but he grew up without his mom. Yeah. Um, so that was Geneva. This is... The killer, Jackie. So she is still in prison. Um, I just look at her and think about the things that she did to mm-hmm. that girl, and it's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. It is horrible. And then this is Cheryl Jones. Um, they were actually living on base. Uh, which I think is very fascinating Mm -hmm. that um, somebody was able to get on base and stalk her in the grocery store Mm -hmm. and follow her home. Um, So this is Tracy and her dad, Geneva's family. And then this is Amanda Jones, which is um, Cheryl's daughter, the girl that was put in the cab. Mm -hmm. So they're still fighting to keep her in prison every time it comes up amanda Mm -hmm. actually got um petitions signed by over close to two thousand people to um keep her from getting parole um and they think that there were many more babies that were taken and actually stolen or sold Mm -hmm. um but they can't obviously prove anything so right I'm finding that when they kill, they don't just kill one. Mm -hmm. A lot of times, it's multiple. Yeah. Anyway, it's very sad. So that story, true story, Mm -hmm. which, um, Elmer shot. So all of Jackie's family supported her. I know. It was ridiculous. Like even her daughter's? Um, no, but like her dad, her mom, uh-huh. her brother, they were like, she couldn't have done that. She couldn't have been and she did not go to, um, was it Georgia? Athens? Yeah. 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 For some a second, I had Alabama go through my head. <laughs> anyway. Um, and, and that's why, because right here it says Alabama court of appeals. Anyway. Um, they're like, she couldn't have done it. That car that the daughter is, is mentioning wasn't even running. Well, then they find out that, oh, no, this one guy had worked on it and got it running Mm -hmm. and actually wanted to buy the car from them 
So it was, it stuck out in his mind that it was a very cool car and he wanted it if they Mm -hmm. ever wanted to sell it. So he knew it was running at Mm -hmm. that time. Anyway, 160 pages. And that was only one story. (laughs) The next one is called Secrets of the Amorous Pizza Man. (gasps) Right? (laughs) I know. (laughs) After that, we've got a road trip to murder. Murderous epitaph for the beautiful runaway. Tracks of a serial rapist. And take a lifer home to dinner with a murder for dessert. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to have to finish reading all these. She's really good at naming things. <laughs> yes. Wow. So, so well, fascinating. My mind does not involve any babies. Okay, good. But I hear it has some very interesting yes. other details. So Better Off Dead by Michael Fleeman is about um, a woman named Sabrina Lamone. And she was in her, I think she was like 32 at the time that she started having an affair with a guy named Jonathan Hearn, who was 22. Okay. At the time. Interesting. She'd been married to her husband, Rob, since she was like 20 years old. So they'd been married for 12 or so years when she started having this affair. They'd actually been together for 14 years because she actually met him when she was 18, but they didn't get married until they were 20. So isn't that like seven years and 12 years for some reason? Seven year itch, isn't that it? I thought there was something with 12 years too. I don't know. I don't know. I I think they're, I don't know. I was going to say myths, but maybe not. So they got married pretty young. Um, They had two kids. And at some point she decided that she wanted to get back into the workforce. So she got herself a little part-time job at Costco. Uh, While her kids were in school, she would go and be the sample girl at Costco. Oh, yeah, so that's, okay. what, that's what she did. Um, and one day, Jonathan Hearn, who had just gotten moved to a different firehouse because he was a fireman, was instructed, given the task of making sure that they were well stocked with food and stuff like that. So he got himself a little membership at Costco and went to go load up for the firehouse. Mm-hmm. Saw Sabrina there. They were chatting. She was very friendly and they were just chatting around chatting away and so he was like okay you know off he goes the next time he was at costco she was like oh hey jonathan how's it going and he was like she remembers my name oh like i don't remember her name but she remembers my name Uh uh-huh and so he's pretty important it's so important and so they were talking you know a little bit more chatting some more by the third time that he went to costco she gave him her phone number and so then they started talking and so on. She was not wearing a ring. Uh-huh. So he did not know that she was married at first. Um, apparently, Costco has rules about wearing jewelry when you're around food. So she wasn't allowed to oh, wear her ring. Makes sense. But she also didn't say, I'm married. Right. <laughs> Here's my phone number. Here's I'm- my phone number. By the way, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> but call me. But yeah, you should call me anyway. <laughs> it's fine. So... 
after they're texting and talking a little bit. Oh, this was in like 2013. Okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yes. And where was this out again? This was in California. Okay. uh, Bakersfield, I think, in that little area. There's several different places um, where, like, he's stationed at in the fire station and so on. But he, um, so they're texting and calling each other. And he was like, you know, our texts were getting super flirty. And then suddenly she tells him that she's married. And so, but at that point, he was pretty enamored. So right. He was like, well, yeah, we're just friends. We'll just be friends. Mm, that yeah. didn't last very long. Mm. But we'll just be friends. So they do start a full-blown affair. And so here's the thing about Robert and Sabrina. They really liked to party. Mm-hmm. Like they drank a lot. They would have friends over. They would take adults-only vacations to the river where some of their friends. Okay. And as she's continuing her affair with Jonathan, he wants to know if they're swingers. Because a lot of the friends that she talks about that he knows as a fireman, because she knows a couple of firemen, that's how their conversation actually started. He was like, you know, I'm here to pick up supplies for the firehouse. And she was like, oh, I know a couple of firemen. And... Oh, yeah, I know that guy, too. So after working there for a little bit, he was like, I'm hearing some stories about these firemen and their wives. So then he's like, so just want to know if you're a swinger. Uh And she was like, no. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. How How could he even say that? How could you think that? Uh Clutch pearls. (laughs) And so he asked her a couple more times throughout until finally she admits that, yeah, you know, that's kind of what they do on their adults only vacations to the river. And so he was like, okie dokie. Um, maybe I don't really want to, to be in this relationship. Maybe instead of I'm out. Uh huh. Nope. Maybe. Just maybe. Okay. So then Robert finds out about their text messages and so on. He sees her phone. He gets upset. She tells him that they have to call it off. And he's like, okay, that's fine. We'll just, we'll just stop. Okay. I have a question. Why did he care? Yeah. (laughs) You're swingers. Because it kind of went outside of their arrangement. Oh, that group of. Yeah. Jonathan Hearn didn't have a wife that they could swap. Yeah. So he wasn't getting anything out of this. Gotcha. And so it went outside of their agreement their arrangement mm-hmm. and so he was not happy about that okay hmm. but like i'm gonna leave you or anything like that no so it was just like you stop yeah so she was like okay a couple of months later they're back to talking and sleeping with each other and uh-huh. so on and so he jonathan at some point is feeling guilty about the affair Wants to call it off. Wants to apologize to the husband. Yeah. Wow. So Jonathan actually turns out to be very religious. Oh. He's a very religious man. Which kind of religion? He was very Christian. Okay. I'm not sure which denomination. Okay. But so he felt guilty about the affair, but not guilty enough to not mm-hmm. have the affair. Yeah. And so... After a bit, you know, like after they split up, 
he wanted to apologize to the husband, wanted to apologize to um, the fireman friends because he was like, everybody knows and I've messed up. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody really wants to hear his apology. They're like, dude, <laughs> I just... <laughs> Just stop. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you're kind of weird. Just leave it alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> because he went like full blown apology. Like, it was weird. <laughs> like, he was feeling a little guilty. He yes. needed to, yeah. yeah. And it was, get it off his chest. It was weird. It was, yeah. it was weird. And so they were just like, okay. Um, but, you know, again, they just start right back up. Somewhere along the way, they start talking. She becomes very religious as well or at least she says that she becomes very religious because Mm -hmm. of jonathan's like talk about god and all that and so she starts going to church so on continuing to have this affair Mm -hmm. and so now she's like i don't really want to be in the swinger lifestyle anymore it's it's not cool and so but it's just like then leave your husband yeah. Like, what's the problem here? Mm-hmm. You want to be with a much younger man and, you know, be right with God? Mm-hmm. Well, what, what are you doing? What you doing here? Instead, they decide that really what they need to do is kill him. What? Yeah. Yeah. And kill they, Jonathan or kill her husband? Robert? Kill her husband. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Jonathan. Oh my <laughs> yeah. What? Yes. Yeah. It's just like, I'm just going to, we should just kill him. And it's just like, all righty. <laughs> like, really? Like, this is <laughs> an acceptable solution to this anything? Is, this is the acceptable solution. And he used God like, this was all God's plan. Oh, my god! And I'm like, no, buddy. No. <laughs> it's like, that's, Mm-mm. I'm pretty sure that's not it. Well, I hope God's plan was for you to go to jail for <laughs> oh, this, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, after they split up, and he was feeling, Jonathan was feeling really bad, and he wanted to apologize to Rob. This was, this was pretty funny. He made a check out to Jesus, after Rob found out about the affair, the amount for all the rest. So yeah, he made out a little a check, like an actual check, uh-huh. <laughs> to Jesus when he, you know, basically thanking him for his help with his decision to end the affair. But after a couple of months, they were they were back <sighs> at it. So I guess Jesus returned the check. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I know. I was like. What? <laughs> I know. My jaw is just open and I'm like, what the why heck? Did, why did you do yeah. that? Yes. <laughs> so. That's kind of weird. Yes. <laughs> yes. Of, it's very weird. weird. Yes. <laughs> so Robert works for um, BSNF. Oh. And so um, he made really good bank. One of the reasons he made so much money was because he would basically cover other people's shifts okay. no matter where they mm-hmm. were so if he had to drive like an hour and a half away to go cover someone's shift he would okay so he made a whole lot of extra money just because he was willing to do that got it and so at this point he had to drive like i think it was like an hour hour and a half from home to cover someone's shift and it was like the 7 p.m to 7 a.m shift so he gets there 
and someone shoots him. And so the police can't really figure out, like, who it is. They got surveillance footage and all that, but they can't really tell who it is. Mm-hmm. And so they release that out to the media. No one can really, like, tell. He's kind of walking with a limp. Doesn't really, like, you can't really see his face. He's not, like, it doesn't look like his face is obscured in any way. Like, he's not wearing a mask or anything. Mm-hmm. You just can't really see any details. And so they're having trouble just kind of figuring out, like, who that could have been. So they start, you know, talking to Sabrina, of course. And um, they ask her, you know, like... Did anybody have any affairs? Did Rob have an affair? Did you have an affair? Like, is there, can you think of anybody that might have, like, wanted to hurt him? Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, we were all good. Like, he didn't have an affair with anybody. I didn't have any affairs. And she just kind of let off that whole, like, we'll just won't talk about that. We'll just leave it over there. And so the police are like, so... Rob never had any affairs? And she was like, no. She's like, okay. uh, Well, we looked through his phone. And she was like, yeah. He was like, we found a lot of pictures of topless ladies. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) And she was like, well, I mean, some of them are probably me. And they're like, some of them were you, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them were not you. I'm like, so we're we're just trying to figure out if this was like things that he got off the internet or if they're actually people that he knows or, uh-huh. you know, are you sure he wasn't having an affair? And she's like, nope. And she's like, okay, so I guess we're going to have to figure out who these topless ladies are. <laughs> and they do. They find out that it's uh-huh. actually one of their best friends uh-huh. um, named Kelly. And her husband, Jason, who was the fireman okay. that Jonathan knew. And so that's kind of how all of that kind of started. But that couple was one of their swinging friend couples. Right. So so he, that was okay. Apparently that was fine. That's not the same thing as having an affair. No, because everybody knows and everybody's <laughs> in agreement, I guess. I guess. Okay. The, okay. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, all of this, I'm just like... Because <laughs> she wasn't like upset about it Uh uh-huh you know and she knew like she knew off the like she knew who was on his phone Mm -hmm. like she just wasn't saying because then she'd have to admit what they were doing yeah and then she'd have to admit about her affair and she didn't want any of that and so they start doing a little digging and they of course find out about her affair Mm -hmm. they the second they pull her phone records, you find out about her affair. <laughs> like, they talked a lot. Uh-huh. And they sent a lot of text messages. And then after a little bit, like, they noticed that her phone number stopped showing up in his phone record, but another number showed up. Mm-hmm. So they looked into that, and it was one of those prepaid by the minute phones, mm-hmm. which was her phone. Like, oh. she got a secret phone, so Robert wouldn't know that she was still talking to him. Okay. So they figured all that out. So they tap their phones <laughs> and they get all kinds of very interesting conversations. Oh, I'm sure. Nothing super incriminating. Uh-huh. Um, they keep talking like, I don't want our affair to be out. Like we don't, I don't want anybody to know about our affair. But they're really worried about that. And it sounds like 
the word affair is actually code for murder. Oh. You know, because they're like, they're investigating our affair. Like, oh. no one cares yeah. about your affair, girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's the least of their concerns right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's how they're talking about it. Mixed in with a lot of God. A lot of God's plan and a lot of like, there was a whole lot of prayer about getting out of this sticky situation. <laughs> I bet there was. <laughs> like, it was, it was crazy. Like, just reading some of that, I'm like, wow, y'all. Mm-hmm. Like, if you felt, if you really felt like you had done something terrible, you would have confessed. Yeah. But no, no, a lot of, you know, Especially from Jonathan, a lot of, you know, God help Sabrina be calm when she goes to her interview with the detective and help her find the right words for her answers. And it's just like, okay, mm, <laughs> all right, buddy. And so um, I think it was like a couple of years after Rob died, mm-hmm. they finally got enough evidence to arrest him. Okay. And they arrested her too. Were they still having an affair? Or are they still yes, together? They were still having an affair. Okay. Um, they arrest her too, but mm-hmm. they decide not to file charges against her because they couldn't really put her in the location. Right. Well, well, and they couldn't necessarily prove that she told him to do it. Okay. Th- their phone conversations, there was nothing that even suggested that she knew, even though, like, when you listen to the conversations that they're having mm-hmm. i mean they're clearly not just talking about an affair right but no one said you know i did what you asked me to do or i killed rob or none of not that. even as an accomplice to uh-uh. no and they kept talking knowing. about like you know i hope they find who did it that kind of thing you know and at some point jonathan thought that they were probably being like their phones were being tapped because mm-hmm. she had friends in the fire department and she had friends that were also in law enforcement. Mm-hmm. So he was like, at one point she said that one of my friends from law enforcement told me this. And so the detective was like, okie dokie. Well, I guess this whole agency is no longer a part of this investigation Ooh. because he was like, someone's leaking information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she found thought that, you know, that was going to be the next step was that their phones were going to be tapped. So they were obviously talking like our phones are being tapped, but they were also stupid. Yeah. So. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So you have information here and this is the conversation you're having. Right. (laughs) And if you're still together, you can have those conversations in private, not on the phone. Well, they didn't really want anybody to know about the affair. Oh, like they were still like they were still having an affair even uh-huh. though Rob was dead because the police were clearly watching okay and Got so it. they didn't were like we don't want them to know that we're having this affair because then we're going to be suspects mm-hmm. so and then when they were suspects they were like well we still can't like be out and open necessarily yeah um, but he would go to her house he was spending time with her children and stuff like that they just hmm. weren't necessarily like we're a couple now yeah so they arrest him and at first he's still kind of like Sabrina didn't know anything but after a bit after much thought and much prayer he mm-hmm. was finally like I gotta come clean I'm throwing her like, on the I bus just, oh heck yeah <laughs> 
because they basically offer him a deal. Oh. Mm. You know, at this point, he, they're like, you confess to what you did and tell us what she did mm-hmm. and we'll give you 25 to life. Okay. And so at that point, he was like, I, I just need to like, be done. Like, I just need mm-hmm. to get this off my chest and I just need to like write another check to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, right. Just like, I got to. And so he finally tells them the truth because the entire time she was like, I didn't know, like, you have all this evidence against Jonathan. I didn't know that he was going to do this. And so that's kind of what she was going on. And he Mm -hmm. wasn't contradicting that. Like, he wasn't saying, oh, yeah, she totally knew. He was just like, nope, I'm not bringing her into it. Mm -hmm. And finally, when he tells his story about how she did know, um, they started their affair and they were doing all of that and she started talking about how uh, Rob wouldn't want a divorce mm-hmm. so um, she didn't think that she was going to be able to divorce him he um, they kept talking about how Rob would would have preferred to have been dead than divorced really uh-huh well, I'm nice sure nobody them. asked him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm sure no one said, so Rob, like, between <laughs> divorce and death, which one would you pick? Yeah, what do you want to do here? <laughs> which one would you do? <laughs> and so, <laughs> after some talk, you know, she started talking about how, you know, maybe if he wasn't around anymore, that, you know, they would be able to be together and be married and you know live their righteous life together and so on and that is so sad yeah isn't it oh my goodness and i can you know i can understand her at some point finding some religion and being like okay what i was doing was wrong Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like so i'm just gonna add to the wrong right right Right, i'm just gonna double down on this wrong yeah (laughs) make it worse Mm -hmm. instead of just leaving your husband that wants to share you with other men yeah like yeah instead you decide that really he just needs to be murdered mm-hmm. and you know that three hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy had nothing to do with it that's really not very much well she was also gonna get about two million from uh what is it bsnf yeah really mm-hmm. because he died on the job. Oh. Wow. Yeah. And so they were basically telling her that they had to wait for the police, like what they decided. Mm-hmm. Because if he had died on the job because someone broke in and killed him to steal something, mm-hmm. then he would be entitled. She would be entitled to basically like if he worked 20 years or something at this amount, this is mm-hmm. how much he would have gained. Wow. And so. Did she know that? I think she did. Okay. Her sister definitely did because her sister's husband worked for the company too. Uh And he got into an accident and they settled, but they did not, as far as she was concerned, they didn't give them enough money. Okay. And so she knew kind of the the process on that. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't about the money. That's what they both said. Of course. Yeah. It was not about the money. It was about love and God. Yes. Darn it. And so he testifies and 
tells pretty much everything. They had an affair. She started talking about Rob just not being around. And at first it started out as a joke, you know, what if Rob died? And then it became more of a serious planning about what if Rob died? And he's got this medical condition. So why do we poison him? And it makes it look like he died from his medical condition. So wow. Jonathan goes and buys arsenic. <gasps> And so they start talking about Rob's favorite dessert, which is banana pudding and Nilla wafers. Ah. And so he's like, starts trying to figure out how to maybe mix a little arsenic into that. So to try to find the right ratio, he poisons his neighbor's dog. Oh, no. Uh huh. Who apparently had been a nuisance to him. So oh. he did that to figure out the right ratio, body weight to arsenic to be able to kill a human. So he killed the dog. And then he made a big batch of banana pudding with Nilla wafers Mm -hmm. and a smaller little batch of vanilla or banana pudding with Nilla wafers and Uh arsenic. Got it. So then he took it to Sabrina and basically it was to make it look like she made this big batch for the family Uh and she set aside some for Rob so he could take it to work. Oh. You know, in his lunch. Uh Uh-huh. You know, such a nice... And there's no no chance that he's going to share with anybody or anything well, like he, that at work. Well, the way it's set up, he works alone. Okay. From 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then the next person. So I guess there's always a possibility that at 7 a.m. He's all like, hey, dude, I didn't finish my pudding. Here you go. Yeah. You know, whatever. That sounds <laughs> gross. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. so, you know. He takes off to work with it and they're talking, Jonathan and Sabrina are talking and then they are like, what if we get caught? Mm -hmm. Like, what if our affair is exposed and what if we get caught? And what if, you know, they think to look for poisoning and so he's like, let's call the whole thing off. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, okay. So she calls her husband and she's all like, hey, don't eat the banana pudding because the bananas went bad. It's like, it's really gross. Don't eat it. And he didn't. So that took poisoning out. Hmm. And then within, I believe it was a few months after that, he gets shot and is killed at work. So he made, Jonathan made a, like a homemade silencer and he went and bought like baggy clothes from Goodwill. He got an old man face mask and put that on. Mm-hmm. And so it still kind of looked like a normal face in the camera, uh-huh. like in the surveillance footage, but it wasn't his face. Yeah. And so like he covers up some very uh, detailed um decals that he had on his motorcycle, mm-hmm. covers that up. And takes his motorcycle over there, kills him, rides back. And so it doesn't look like him. He purposely walks with a limp to kind of throw people off. Mm-hmm. You know, he's slouching. So he's obviously trying to cover up who he who he is. Yeah. Because uh, he knows there's some surveillance cameras. And so he, he tells the, the police all this. And then he testifies to all of it. And, hmm. you know, he was like... She knew, like she, she knew what I was gonna do. She knew the entire time what I was gonna do. We planned the poisoning and so on. So why did she get cold feet on the poisoning? 
I guess they thought that it would be easier to find to to figure out because he went uh, totally in this disguise and it made made it look like they robbed him, like someone went and robbed him. And where he was working at at that time, there had been several robberies, like within that time period. Mm-hmm. So they thought that would be a better yeah, it would look more like someone came in, robbed the place, killed him, uh-huh. and considering the you know recent crime that had been in that area. Mm-hmm. He thought that it'd be a lot more people, the police would think more along the lines of someone broke in. Yeah. Except that he wasn't very good at staging a robbery. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that they say that the police said in this book was they walked in and there was files just like random files just thrown around and so on it's just like no one's gonna do that like if they're gonna rob this person they're going to rob him they're going to Mm -hmm. steal his wallet and computers or whatever like they're not going to be like i'm just gonna open up this file cabinet and start throwing things around yeah so they were like this all seems very staged Uh uh-huh so that's how they figured that maybe they should be looking into into something else Mm -hmm. just to be sure that it wasn't and then they find all this out about her having an affair and all that so he testifies to that um it had been several years since rob had died it had been like three years when she finally goes on trial Mm -hmm. because the first time they they didn't file any charges like they arrested her and then they let her go Mm -hmm. and then after they got him to confess and tell everything then they arrested her and she went to trial. Okay. And so the book basically ends with her being convicted but hadn't been sentenced yet because she got a new lawyer. Oh. And they were trying to get a new a new trial for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but as of February 13th, 2018, according to bakersfieldnow.com, she was sentenced to 25 years to life in prison, plus 16 more months after serving her 25 years to life. So she serves 25 years, and then she's got to do another 16 months. Before she's eligible for parole? Just, or... It just says 25 years to life in prison, plus 16 more months to be served after the first 25. Huh. So, Jonathan received 25 years and four months in prison hmm. so he'll be in his 50s when he when he gets out that's so sad he and, threw away his whole life oh yeah oh yeah and so it was it was crazy the trial was crazy um because again everything came out mm-hmm. and her ex-best friend who would go on these adult vacations with them, mm-hmm. um, testified. And they were the ones that basically told the police, you need to look into this guy because they were having a thing. And so they started to look into him and that's kind of how they, they figured all that out. Mm-hmm. And she, um, she talked about their lifestyle, you know, like, the things that they did and she was just like eh, you know and then when he testified her attorney 
was uh, when Jonathan testified, her attorney was like trying to discredit him and so on, mm-hmm. but also to get a little dirt on some of the swinging firemen. And oh. so they start. He started asking about like, you know, how did you figure out that she was a swinger? He's like, well, you know, some of her friends that I work with, like I had heard from other people about this, and so he was like, like who? And so he's like <laughs> not wanting to like say. Uh-huh. Um, eventually he does like release a couple of names of a captain and his wife and Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so he's like the defense attorney's like, That's a lot of firemen. He's like, There's like five hundred firemen in this station. That's really a small percentage. <laughs> <laughs> like that was his answer and I'm like, oh, Wow, okay guy. <laughs> that he knows of. Well, uh, you know, once you start finding out about one co-worker. Uh-huh. <laughs> he was very well-spoken, very smart. He just got caught up with this woman. Mm-hmm. And it just took him in a very bad, dark place. Yeah. And so it was, Yeah. It was not not good. Well, I'd say poor guy, but not really. No, he knew what he was. He knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, at some point he could have walked away at any time. There were so many times he could have walked away. Mm-hmm. Yep. But yeah, there was a lot of a lot of stuff and a lot of just weird craziness, but. And she almost got away with it if he hadn't have finally, if they hadn't have offered him a deal, mm-hmm. you know, we'll give it, we'll do the solid 25, but you got to tell us everything. Yeah. And so, and I think he did feel bad. Like, I think he did have actual guilt and remorse, but mm-hmm. I mean, too little too late at that point. About what? About uh, killing him. Oh, I thought you meant maybe about, um snitching on her <laughs> no i don't think so i don't okay. think so he did say when they asked him um if he still loved her he said that he didn't have romantic love for her but he still cared about her and he still loved her mm-hmm. um but he was he was gonna tell the truth about everything yeah so. it was very well thought out very well planned out um they did start getting a little paranoid, you know, he, he would call Sabrina and be like, you know, there was a weird truck, like two houses down from yours. So I didn't like, that's why I'm not over. Like I saw it and the, there was two people just like standing there and they were looking at me. So I drove away uh-huh. <laughs> and the, the detective is of course listening to all this because their phones are tapped uh-huh. <laughs> and he's just like, do I have some, like, I know I have people watching the house, but do I? And then he looked and he's like, nope, <laughs> those were not my people. So <laughs> he's just unraveling now. Yeah. <laughs> so they got super paranoid. Um, but because he was a fireman and he was taking arson investigation classes, mm-hmm. he did a little, like a, a little bit in crime investigating and, and so on. So he did have a little bit of knowledge of like techniques and so on so mm-hmm. he tried to advise her on like how to talk to the police and 
so forth. Wow. And they had a ton of conversations. And one of the funny things in the book was just that they were like, you know, some of them were very telling Mm -hmm. while others were just, you know, like, hey, babe, what are you doing? Oh, you know, I just got off of work. Oh, yeah. And just Mm -hmm. like, oh. Right. (laughs) Because they talked a lot. But. Wow. They started to to unravel. And they got really paranoid. See? And they didn't get anything that they wanted. They didn't get to get married, Mm -hmm. live happily ever after. Yep. I wonder if that was ever her plan. Like, if they were ever going to... She just wanted to get rid of her husband. I think so. I think she just wanted to get rid of him. Because he got arrested pretty quick. Yeah. And then she moved away because she couldn't stay there after everybody found out about everything. Yeah. Homeschooled her kids and all that because... Really? Yeah, she couldn't... She had kids? Yeah, she had two kids. She had two kids with Rob. See, I was thinking about that a minute ago that you'd, I thought you'd said something like mm-hmm. that at the beginning. But then I was like, no, mm-hmm. they're swingers and partiers and they don't have kids, but okay. But they do. They do. They do have children. Yep. She kept saying that, you know, when they took their adults only vacation, it was adults only. Yeah. Like they didn't take the kids or anything gotcha. like that. Huh. So, well, there you go. Yes. Sometimes you have to grow up. <laughs> yeah. Start taking some responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, so the jury was comprised of nine women and three men. Ooh. And she was found guilty of first degree murder, conspiracy, accessory, and solicitation. But she was not guilty on the attempted murder for the poisoning. So they found her guilty for all that except for um, the poisoning. Mm-hmm. And her lawyer was like, I would have liked to have had more males on the jury. I would have liked to have an even split, which is what I would have preferred, or at least a larger percentage of men. And I'm like, probably because women were like, ew. Right. Whoa. You did what? Uh huh. You. <laughs> and not necessarily willing to just be like, okay. So you don't really, like, that's why I printed out that picture because you don't really get to see what she looks like mm-hmm. except for that, that face that she made there at the cover. But that's her friend, Kelly, the one that her and her husband were, the, the main couple that they were swinging with. Okay. And after Rob died, they were the ones that pretty much suspected that something was up. Something was up with her and something was up with that she had a boyfriend and Mm -hmm. and they dropped the dime. They insisted that they didn't, like, that Kelly and Rob didn't have a sexual affair outside of their arrangement. Mm -hmm. But she seemed very invested on catching who killed him yeah wow Mm -hmm. some of these captions are interesting oh yeah she did not make a good impression on jurors i can see why that look on her face Mm -hmm. 
and Jonathan driving to and from the murder scene several times before mm-hmm. he summoned the nerve to gun mm-hmm. down Robert. Yeah, he said that he went a few times kind of just to scope out the place, see like if he saw any security footage, like cameras where they were, that kind of thing before he and he got a late start on the day that they that he was that he killed him. Uh-huh. So when he went, he was just like, well, I'm just going to go take a look around, you know, scope out the place some more because he wanted to do it at night. Oh. And by the time he got there, like, he was like, well, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> huh. He left his cell phone at home, so he didn't ping anywhere. Like, it was pretty well planned out, except that... People knew about the affair mm-hmm. and her friends suspected that something was going on. But then after Rob dies, there's a truck just parked at her place and her friend Kelly thought that was weird. So she wrote down the license plate number and called the cops. Oh. And then a couple of days later, she drives by again going somewhere. And she has to drive by her house and there's a motorcycle there. And she's all like, who's that? So she writes down that license plate number and then calls the cops. Wow. (laughs) So I'm like, so I'm supposed to believe that Kelly and Rob didn't have a thing outside of their arrangement. Right. She seemed very much invested in who killed him. And sending those pictures and that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. Really? Well, who knows if she sent the pictures or if he took them. In one of their little oh, trips. so it wasn't like on a text message or something that she sent. Yeah, no, they were just in his phone. Okay, so gotcha. And again, Kelly didn't, or not Kelly, Sabrina didn't really seem all that like, you know, surprised mm-hmm. or upset about it. Like she tried mm-hmm. at some point, like when they first brought it up. You know, when they were first talking to her, and they were like, "Has he had an affair before?" And she's like, "No," and like well you know we looked at his phone and you know she's like oh that's probably probably me and they're like yeah some but not all and then she was like you know i i don't know who it could be but you know it was like it didn't sound like she was really like excuse me you found what in my husband's phone Mm -hmm. but just kind of like oh you know i don't know i just don't think he would do that you know that kind of thing and it's just like yeah the the cops are telling you that they they saw these pictures. Yeah. They went through those pictures. And some of them were you. <laughs> A lot of them were not. <laughs> so. So wake up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But obviously she knew who it was. Like she knew what was on his phone. Uh-huh. And so she yeah. was just trying to make it seem like she didn't. Yeah. At some point they talked about what they found in Jonathan's phone. Like photos of her. Uh-huh. John's phone that she would send and they asked her a question about about that about her sending uh nude photos to jonathan and she was like eh, i have a lot of nude photos of myself <laughs> i'm like that's that's definitely something you want on the record <laughs> right like i'm sure he has a lot of them i i mean i took a lot so I cannot be expected to remember when and what I sent him. Okay, I take a lot of nude selfies. <laughs> this is like okay, way to testify to that, right? <laughs> I was like, you, you're on the stand. 
<laughs> so, yes. Very fascinating. That was the... It was so crazy. Like, I think just the, the way they tried to justify everything with God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like... Uh, I'm sorry, did you just decide to skip some parts of the Bible there where it said, you know, the whole, mm-hmm. like, not yeah. killing people, yeah, no that, adultery, yeah. like, yeah, like, did you, did you guys just decide that, that that really did not apply to you, that maybe God meant everybody else but you two? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, maybe if you do those things and, and it seems like you're solving your problem, then, uh, then it's okay. That's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and praying to to God for help and getting away with murder. Yes, please mm-hmm. help us get away with all these please. awful things we did. Yes, <laughs> please help Sabrina be calm and guide her in what she needs to tell the detectives so she doesn't get caught. Right? It's like, well, yeah, I'm sure God's on it. I just thought the whole check thing was hilarious. Like, right? <laughs> I want to write a check to Jesus. <laughs> I've never heard that one before. Oh. Not a check to your church. <laughs> it was it was symbolic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Just, I guess I should clarify. <laughs> he didn't mail it. <laughs> he didn't send it to, to 101 heaven. <laughs> like, he was just like... It's interesting because some people obviously write letters to Santa Claus Uh and mail them. So I'm curious if the post office Mm -hmm. has any to God and Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's oh, one of the conversations that they had. um, They talked, of course, about the Bible and so on. And uh, Sabrina asked Jonathan if there was like anything that she should look up in the Bible, you know, to kind of help her during this this tough time. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember which psalm it was, but it was about Bathsheba. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, well, that's telling. <laughs> 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 and so, like, the detective was kind of like, what? And then the, the, one of the detectives that was listening, like, um, because basically the way the wiretap worked was when someone called... They would listen in for a little bit, and if it was like, this isn't a part of our investigation, they have to stop. Okay. And so, when they started talking about that, the, the guy that was listening, who is, you know, very religious himself, was just like, wow. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's very interesting that you're bringing that up <laughs> to try to ease, ease some of that guilt there. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I was like, wow. At least they were caught. Mm-hmm. And justice has been yes, and at least he gave her up because yes. that was she would have she was getting away with it for a couple of years before she finally went and got arrested and got like went to trial, mm-hmm. but only because he said that she did know she yeah. knew everything, and she's the one that brought it up in the very beginning. If he hadn't said anything. There you go. She would still be somewhere with her kids. And How old were her kids? I don't remember. They were not very old. I want to say that they were like nine or ten. Oh, and when he when Jonathan called to talk to Rob, mm-hmm. like he 
he called his friend Jason first, who was the other fireman that was a friend of Rob's, mm-hmm. to try to get Rob's number because he wanted to talk to him and apologize and all that because they were splitting up and he wanted to apologize to the husband. And Rob was actually right there helping him, like, fix up something in their house. Mm-hmm. So he, like, the friend Jason was more upset than it seemed like Rob was. Really? Yeah. And so he goes, like, he takes the phone and he's talking to Jonathan and, like, not yelling or anything like that. He was just, like, you know, listening to him and, you know, just. And then after he hung up with Jonathan, Rob told Jason that, you know, he had found uh, Sabrina's phone and saw all these text messages. And so. He had gotten upset then and yelled and threw her phone and so on, but he wasn't mm-hmm. really like, she said that it was ending and that's what he was calling about and yeah. so on. So he seemed really like calm and collected about, about that. And so I'm just like, well, you know, once you find out what they were up to, like he was upset that she went out of their arrangement, mm-hmm. but I mean, can he really be upset that she was sleeping with someone else? Right. So is, is the reason the book is called Better Off Dead is because of what they thought about he would be better he'd rather be dead than Yeah, divorced. he'd rather be dead than divorced. <laughs> and I was like, really? <laughs> if that question is ever posed to you. <laughs> yes. Pay attention. Yes. Yeah. Pay attention. But yeah, I was just like, wow, okay. Sure. Choose divorce. <laughs> yeah. Even if you don't think that either of those things might happen just just be aware who's asking you uh-huh. <laughs> yep but yeah i was like i can understand getting to a point in your life when you're like okay this was terrible this is a terrible idea mm-hmm. we probably should not have done this mm-hmm. and now you know my marriage is all kinds of messed up because of what we decided to do and you know i met someone else that's like you should definitely not be doing that uh-huh. <laughs> you know Okay, you met somebody else. Leave. Right. Yeah. Like, what's the... The story could have been a lot different. Yeah. If different decisions had been made and different thoughts, you know, different ideas. If they'd really, you know... And if I, they had really... I think if they'd really believed in what they were purporting uh-huh. to believe, then it would have been like, you know, let's do this right and, mm-hmm. and get everything straightened out, not let's kill this person. Right. You know? I mean, even if you're like... Even if that whatever branch of christianity they were following was like well i mean divorce is still saying yeah but murder is probably worse (laughs) (laughs) just in the grand scheme of things it's probably worse well and you can still separate i Uh mean if you didn't want to be divorced you can still get out and go somewhere else even if you're not legally divorced Mm -hmm. i guess if they he won't sign the papers um and you wouldn't have to be legally married to somebody else to be with them. Mm-hmm. There's options. Yeah, definitely options. There was a lot of options other than let's kill somebody. Let's kill him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Tons. There's always another. Option. Yes. So just leave. Like yes. my goodness. But there's so many people that think that way. That murder is the solution to their yeah. pro- to their marriage problem. Right. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like oh my gosh. Yeah. See, it just left. 
Mm-hmm. You were not alone. You know, I mean, if she was a part-time Costco girl and he was making $100,000 a year or whatever and she's got two kids, I could I could understand being like, well, what am I supposed to do here? Mm-hmm. You know, but you had support. You had someone else in your life that you could have easily have built a life with, which is what she claimed that they that they wanted. They both claimed that. Mm-hmm. It's like, figure it out. Yeah. Especially he was so young. Yeah. Yeah. Just ruined his, his whole life. 22 mm. when they started, and I think he was like 25 by the time he testified against her. 25, 26, something like that. Maybe in his fifties, and he can he can get out. Hmm. Young people mm-hmm. make better decisions, <laughs> right? <laughs> First of all, once she tells you she's married, get out. Yes, <laughs> just be like ooh, this is bad. See ya. Oh, and he like he had never had like a serious girlfriend or anything like that. Like he dated a little bit. Mm-hmm. He had never had a serious girlfriend. You find out she's married. And you're like, nope, still in it. And then find out she's a swinger. Oh, all right, still, still here. Maybe, maybe mm, nope, nope, still, still <laughs> no, <here>. yeah, <laughs> still here. He can't even claim that he was trying to save her. He was trying to save her from the swinging lifestyle through having an affair, right? <laughs> like all the bad things. <laughs> Somehow he was adding it up and just seeing good. Yeah. <laughs> huh. So anyway, very interesting story. Definitely a lot of like, what? What? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can convince yourself of anything, I guess. I guess so. I had a little issue with the book, um, just in the way that someone really needed to edit. It seemed like he just turned into manuscript and they're like, bam, let's throw some soft cover on that and send it out. It's good to go. It's good. It's good. It's fine. He knows what he's doing. Huh. He's been on Dateline. <laughs> yeah. Is that how that works? <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it was still a very entertaining story. And if you can look past some of that stuff, mm-hmm. it's fine. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been Do We Like Murder, the long overdue podcast.